welcome, one and all, to the, parentheses, hopefully, last <laughs> at-home episode of Knights of the D-Pad. Next time, we should be back in our nice studio with our nice mics, all together, so I can actually see everyone. I mean, I always have my nice mic, but that's neither here nor there. So when are you going to close the parentheses? Um, oh, shoot. <laughs> You're right. Oh, no, it was all in parenthetical. <laughs> <laughs> massive parenthetical. It, there's the intro, and then it's just the moment it gets to hopefully, it's just the whole thing is in parentheses. Okay, the clo- whole episode clo- is in parentheses. <laughs> close parentheses. Pad, see you next time. Close parentheses. Close parentheses. Close parentheses. Anyways, close parentheses. <laughs> oh. All right. Yeah. Y'all better enjoy this episode. I interrupted a game of Fortnite for this. Yeah, he was playing Fork Knife, and I told him he had more important things to do. Yep. Like, record the final summer episode of Knights of Night the D-Pad. This oh, scuffed season. <laughs> scuffed? I mean, it's so don't you scuffed, mean scraped? It's so scraped? scuffed. I'm, we don't even consider it a full season. This is season two and a half in our book. Hey, you know, uh... <laughs> Lion King one and a half was a pretty good movie. So you know, Lion King one and a half was better than two. Yeah, true. Oh, way better than two. Yeah, so but I hope that this season two point five. I'm hoping that season two point five is not better than season three. That's fair. <laughs> Let's hope not. Hey, we'll have video that. back in in season three, right? We'll be able to see. They'll be able to see yeah, us. Video will be back. Hopefully, we'll we'll be on one of two set variants, depending on if the one set has been made, um, but the, the very one set. Back. The one no. set is real. The one set, set is real. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least be back in the news, the news studio. If not on the podcast set, if it's finished. Um, but for now, we are stuck. Well, we're not stuck in our homes. We've just chosen to be in our homes. It's COVID yeah. all over again. We're stuck I in our like home. <laughs> Ben's hey, home is now right home. next to my home. I could go over there, yeah. sneak up behind him, if yeah, I wanted. Yeah, Ben, to. you want to share the good news with the <laughs> all two of our listeners? Oh yeah, I'd be happy to. So, just recently, I went to Lake Powell for the first time. It was actually like really, really fun, and I really enjoyed it. I, I've, I'm oh. starting to see why people like going to lakes so much instead of oceans. That sounds really that awesome. Does, that, that sounds does like some sound of the great. biggest news of the year. I bet yeah, there is. Yeah, a... Oh, and also, side note, um, I got engaged. Like a, a month before going to Lake Powell. <laughs> like, oh, so, by the way, <laughs> also, uh, also, I adjusted to the married man meta. So, yeah, yeah he's freaking married Court's sister. He is marrying mm-hmm. my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the first marriage to come out of Knights of the D Pad podcast. Actually, I mean, <laughs> the first. It's, uh, I mean, Ben and Court would I mean, not have met if it weren't for the podcast. That's it's true, true. And you, then get, I... you owe this to, to Aiden and I recruiting both of you. Yeah, to this you're podcast. welcome. Ben. So. I, more, I more owe it to Scott for volunteering me for oh, this. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You also yeah, owe it to uh, Minecraft for yeah, being the, the Minecraft source of how server. you guys met. <laughs> I still can't believe that was how you mm-hmm. met. No, that oh, is a 21st century relationship. That right is, there. It yeah. is. So how did you meet? 20- oh, playing Minecraft with playing my buddy Minecraft. from the podcast. <laughs> 2023. We were mining away. Mining away. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, that she is said the, you could uh, put your Minecraft bed next to mine. Okay. <laughs> oh no no anyways i don't i think that is the only actual large piece of news that any of us has unless yeah. kyle like magically had another job. oh i have big news oh what's your yeah my, news, my sister's getting married she just got engaged okay <laughs> all right <laughs> fair fair still, i also i still have yet to meet kyle's wife and i don't oh, believe true. she's real i don't real. think she's real yeah oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't think Kyle's wife's real. I've I've seen Jason. <laughs> I've I've seen you know Jason after, with his significant other. After all this time real. of my desktop background being the moment that my wife said yes. You know how easy it is to, to Photoshop. Yeah, those I mean AI, AI, can, AI can, like, can totally yeah, make AI that easy. way easier right now. I'm not you know, good at Photoshop. I also don't think <laughs> Ben's fiance is real. I've never met her. I've never <laughs> seen her. <laughs> So yeah, I, I think that that's a requirement for season for season three. The people need it. Your wife has to come on. We'll get Jason to bring his, and then Ben can bring his, and then Court and I will just be on one side, and we'll squish the six of you on the other. Yeah, <laughs> I won't have a wife till November 11th, so it's going to be. A- hey, that's mid season. That's, that's, that's mid season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we'll do it. We'll do it. it we'll do the tail end of November, December episode. Welcome to Nights of the D-Pad, coming straight from my honeymoon. She's like, what are you doing? Not the three of you, and Court and I will just be like, yeah. Yeah, boy. <laughs> all right, we'll have an episode all about the married man meta. That sounds like fun to me. Married man Court, meta. Ah, see, Court and I, we'll just do like a, we'll do a game show. Court and I will host. Yeah, yeah. And we'll <laughs> and have you guys will compete. Be competing teams. You'll compete. You'll have competing teams. That could actually be way categories. fun, actually. That, that could be actually really 100% fun. 100% do that. I kind of want to do that. Court and I, we'll, 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 we'll we can do like Jeopardy like with like video Beverly. game. <laughs> no, not just Jeopardy. We do Jeopardy, but like with like video game <laughs> categories. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You and I, we come in, we come in like, we come with like suit jackets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm liking this. Hey, uh, viewers, listeners, uh, all y'all's out there. Write that down, write that down. Yeah, write that down. Uh, (laughs) Tell us what you think we should do for a game show about the married man meta, okay? All you guys from the BYU Esports Club, uh, we love you, first of all. You guys are amazing. And secondly, give us feedback on this. We want to know what you want to see. Scott will (laughs) give us the feedback. Anyways, enough rambling. We've got an episode to to dive into. This is true. This is very true. Who would like to start? Court, you can. You're hosting, so you can pick if you want, or someone can volunteer. Um, um, I'm gonna take a quick look through again and see whose looks the most interesting. He's like, I've never looked at this agenda in my I life. Did. I did. I put my things on the agenda. They're right there. I did it this morning. Uh, <laughs> Aiden, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on Overwatch, especially since right. morning. <laughs> so you go first. So we'll we'll start with Overwatch. So do we want to start with the good or the bad? Is there Actually, good? The, Wait, is there, into, yeah, is there good? There's good that leads into the bad. So oh, we'll start with we it. So, well, so the new hero came out, and yeah. she's h- hilarious fun to play. Overwatch. If there's one thing that the Overwatch devs have done a really good job with, it's making fun heroes in Overwatch 2. All of them, well, okay, you can argue about whether Life Weaver's fun to play. But, you know, <laughs> Life Weaver withholding and opinions on that, all of the other heroes, Sojourn, Junker Queen, Kiriko, Ramatra have been so much fun, and Alari, the new hero, is no different. She is so much fun, and she's a little busted, but you know what? That's okay. <laughs> what, what class does she fall under? She's a healer, she's a right? Support. She's a okay. support character. Um, she has the ability at like short to medium range to two-shot uh, 200 HP targets. As a support. 
as a support, but her gun doesn't fire. It's, she, she doesn't have like a semi-automatic or anything. So like she shoots, and then it has like a cooldown period. So she can shoot like once every like second, second and a half. So it's like a slow wow. rate of fire. But if you're able to hit the shots, she does a lot of damage. But it, mm. the the cooldown of the shot makes it feel not like unfun to play against. She's actually fun to play against as well. So that's her primary fire, and then her secondary fire, her healing beam, does not work on an ammo system. It works on a resource meter that depletes, and it's a very it short. Is like it's a, a resource very, that re like yeah, yeah how you build every it. second. It refills. It just refills automatically when you're not using it for a certain amount of time. Isn't there someone and, else who does that? Moira. Um, Moira has a resource meter for her healing as well. Um, and yeah, so Alari's beam, Alari's beam only lasts like. Two or three seconds. It outputs wow. 120 healing per second. Whoa! So basically, <laughs> only for only for three seconds. So it's like omega burst healing, and then you're out. So, so basically, her whole like... thing is like little time, but a lot of output in well, both offense so and her, healing. That's her. That's her. Her beam healing, but then she has an ability called the healing pylon that can literally attach itself to walls and ceilings. That outputs 50 healing per second. <laughs> 50. <laughs> and it just sits there on the wall in, like, funky off angles and can just heal your team from the safety of the wall. Okay, I can see and if the why other team, people are If the other team doesn't see it, it's just, like, sitting there pumping out healing for, like, the whole fight. Holy so cow. I feel like one of the best counters to her would probably be, like, Junkrat to try and bounce something over to that no, spot and just, break it. just... The best counter to her is just don't be stupid and look for the turret. It's like with Torbjorn. <laughs> don't leave the turret alive. You know, find the turret and kill it immediately. Yeah, but like imagine um, pairing her up or her pylon with someone who can place down a shield, like say Sigma, right? Uh, no, because you don't want to put it behind a shield. You want to put it up high on a wall because it's got about a fifteen meter radius. So you want to kind of toss it high up on a wall so it can heal down so that your team can just face forward. So that the enemy, in order to destroy it, would have to, like, go out of their way and, like, look mm-hmm. around. So, I mean, you, so I mean, you, I, I'm just thinking, like, I'm, I'm my limited knowledge of, of Overwatch map layouts, but isn't there, like, that choke point on Dorado where it's, like, there's the, like, there's the... Like, it's almost like an archway. Couldn't you just yeah, pop it on the top of that archway yeah. and then... No, there are lots of maps like that where if you're yeah. an attacking or... If you're a defending team, you're able to put the, the turret on the other side of the choke and just sit there. Like, the mm. enemy team literally cannot kill it unless they push to the choke. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> um, and then her ultimate... Uh, oh, actually, she has, like, a movement ability. Have you guys seen that, that like, meme clip where it's, like, that Barbie doll that, like, spins, like, a, a ballerina and then flies oh, yeah, into and a fire? Flies up and fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. literally has an ability where she jumps up and does a quick twirl in order to, like, get away. It's, like, her escape mechanism and boops people away. <laughs> she literally has the Barbie spin, like, maneuver. It's, like, a fun, it's a fun movement ability. It feels pretty good to use. She doesn't go, like, super far and you don't get a ton of hide out of it, but it, it boops enemies back so it kind of gives you a second to it it gives you a little bit of like a double jump too so yeah so but then her ultimate Uh oh go ahead you had a question court okay wait wait before you get into her ultimate ilari is the she's the third new support hero that they've added right because kiriko was second kiriko is the first ilari is the second they've added two new supports yeah isn't life weaver life weaver yeah Yeah, i forget about life weaver sometimes (laughs) poor life weaver Lifeweaver came out really underpowered, and they're still trying to get him to not. I mean, he's in a better spot now, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Alaria is the third support that's come out, and her ultimate 
called Captive Sun, she like shoots up into the air and she can fly around for about four seconds. Okay, and she budget, shoots up into the air and her mercy. first her first <laughs> primary fire, she can shoot one shot. As soon as her ultimate starts, she fires like this projectile bomb that that like hits the ground and does an area of an effect range. It goes through shields, it goes through bubbles. Literally cannot stop unless you eat it with like Arisa Diva Sigma or you deflect <laughs> it with Genji. And it shoots out this explosion and and anyone that's caught in the area of effect has a discord effect applied to them, gets slowed, and they get, they get like, the sticky nade attached to them. What and the after hell? they take a certain amount of damage, the nade explodes. <laughs> Are there it's any just, further just... steps to this process? No, that's does the, it, that, that is... Does it that heal? Is. Does it heal teammates caught no. in the blast? It literally does no supporting to your team. <laughs> well, that's, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Like, this <laughs> offensive-minded ability. So yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, this sounds like a, a fairly offensive support. Very yeah, offensive. Yeah. She's a very offensive support she's, outside she's of her like two healing She's like that meme of the doctor with a gun who's like, I'm a healer, but... Yep. <laughs> so her ultimate is like, it, you cannot block it, but its hitbox is massive. Mm-hmm. It is, Dang. if you've got a D.Va, even if she shoots it like two feet above D.Va's defense matrix, she can still eat it. Wow. It is, it is a massive hitbox. So it's like, That's brutal. She, she feels busted to play, but there are ways to counterplay her. But they're already talking about nerfs that'll be coming out later this week. And it had some of the pro players up in arms because they were like, if she gets nerfed too much, then we're just going to go back to the old meta. But that's for later. Yeah. So she's a lot of fun to play. Her like her primary fire like hitbox is large enough that it feels pretty easy to hit targets, at least on the body. And she's just a really fun hero to play. That's uh, good season to six also brought some like other balance changes, but it also brought a new game mode, Flashpoint. Anyone who has played Hardpoint in Call of Duty, it's basically Hardpoint. So it's just it's a, a massive very creative map. name too, I guess. <laughs> it's a, it's a massive map with five points. Uh, you have to cap three of them. So as soon as the match starts, the point in the middle becomes the first cap point. It's basically just king of the hill, but there's like there's five points instead. So as soon as a huh. team caps the middle point, a random one of the other four will come unlocked, and then the team will cap those first to cap three win. They only have two maps currently: uh, Servasa and New Junker, uh, New Junk City. They're fun to play. I enjoy Flashpoint. It does sometimes feel like a bit of a walking simulator because some of the spawns are like 150 meters away. I think that is probably the one thing that could be adjusted about it is like the spawn placement and walking. So you kind of have to have a Lucio unless you want to be walking for 20 years. Mm -hmm. But like the fights that happen and like the point layouts are really fun. You have some fights that happen on Flashpoint that would like never happen in any other Overwatch map because... You'll have situations where a point has been capped and both teams are like moving over to the next point, and that you'll like have team fights like on the way. That's you'll just run cool. into each other just in the middle of the map and have a team fight nowhere near the point. So it's <laughs> it's been a lot of fun to play. It, Flashpoint's been fun. I've enjoyed Flashpoint. Nice, nice. But then the big thing that came in season six is the PVE missions. They came out. Yeah. I I played. So there's a there's one free mission. That is separate. Um, that takes place on King's Row. That one was fun for a free mission. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed it. And then the, the three PVE missions are the story. The the lore that you get from them is actually pretty crazy. Especially the end of the third PVE mission, you get some pretty cool lore. Hmm. So it, on the lore side of things, the Flashpoint um, story story mode missions are actually pretty good. I, I like the lore that's given in terms of gameplay. The first one on Rio feels really short. 
is what I've heard is they they kind the of just go one over fe- really the first fast. one feels really yeah. really short. The second one is a little longer and it feels better. When I was playing through the second one on Toronto, it genuinely felt like I was playing Halo Three. <laughs> Really? In terms of like, <laughs> it takes place in like this desolated city, and like with this like grungy kind of atmosphere. I, I like, I felt like I was playing Halo Three a little bit. Huh. And then the third one is the longest one. So the second and third one were fun. The first one was fun. It was just really short. It, they were they were fun. I worry about replayability. The second mission gives you a massive pool of heroes that you can pick from. So the second one's replayability is better. The third one you can't really pick different heroes and then the first one you do can't they really do they either. not have the ability to replay with any heroes i thought that was the thing that the pve mesh ma- or missions they, did they might so i know that every like week or so they release like a new version of it like a, unlock a new mode for it so there may be a mode coming out in the future later this season that allows all heroes currently there isn't one um there are some collectibles that you can get <laughs> there was a tweet where someone was like if they just added lego <laughs> If they added the the mini kits, more people would play the the, <laughs> the PVE missions. Hey, they already have but Lego they, Bastion, so so like right. gameplay wise, they were fun. the 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 thing is, it's like in order to play them, you have to pay fifteen dollars. You have to get the battle pass in order to get them. If they if you were able to get them for just five dollars, or be able to get them with the in game currency that you can like earn through doing the weekly challenges, I would say that they would be. You could argue that they would be worth it, but because you have to get the battle pass with it, it's up to the. It's that's really like a personal decision of how much you feel the battle pass is worth. Mm-hmm. The missions, I think themselves, I think borderline are worth five dollars because it's you know only five dollars and you get permanent access to the three of them. Yeah, but like I mean, you have to buy months. the battle pass with it, and you can't get the missions separately. With just the. Yeah, you can't get the mission separately. And so I guess like that, that's that's where I'm a little money like making opportunities. Yeah, yeah, like that's where I'm a little on the fence about. It. It's like I, I I like the story of Overwatch and I like the gameplay, but I just I just can't. I don't know. I just yeah, it's like it's, but like, it's an odd. I love the PVE. Like I love the concept of a PVE thing, and I mm-hmm. would gladly fork over five dollars to play yeah, even just a tiny bit of PVE missions. Yeah. But it's like fifteen fifteen bucks, and it's like I yeah, I'm never gonna play enough a, to warrant getting the battle decision. pass. Like, it was a decision made. Like the the missions are worth five dollars, but I don't know for someone who doesn't play. If you don't play Overwatch a ton, it's not worth the fifteen because you don't want to have to worry about the battle pass. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Uh, uh, like the battle pass is good, but if you don't play Overwatch, then you're not going to care about the battle pass. Like they've got some good skins in there, but if you don't play the game, then yeah, the battle pass really isn't going to matter. Because because I yeah. could see like someone if it was like five bucks, I could see me downloading Overwatch two really quick, forking over the five bucks, and then playing through the four single player missions, enjoying them, saying, "Oh, that was some cool lore. I can't wait to see if they do any more in the future," and then uninstalling it. But it's yeah. like, but it's like, but yeah, it's, I just, I, I don't know. Like for someone like me who plays the game for hundreds of hours, I bought like the, the ultimate $40 bundle because it gave me like two future battle passes, battle pass tier skips. It gave me some cool skins, but I play the game a ton. Mm-hmm. So me buying that isn't like, to me it's worth it. But for someone like you three, that would not be worth it at all. Yeah. yeah. For the, for the casual player, uh, it would be a lot nicer if we could just get it all a cart, you know? Yeah, we'll have to see if that changes when PVE missions come out next year. Um, so, like, the missions were good, but the $15 price tag on them just is, like, it's wary for people. Yeah. It, people are unsure about it. And I've seen yeah. a lot of people still being unsure about just how short they are. 
Um, yeah, I, it's like the $15 for those short missions, if you don't play enough for the battle pass, it's like easy to see them not being worth it. They're worth the $5, but you can't just get them for $5, even yeah. though that's what they're valued at. It's just weird. Yeah. But yeah. now for the for the, <laughs> for the bad side of all of this. So <laughs> along with Season 6, Overwatch 2 was also released on Steam. So people can play it on Steam, <laughs> and so you, you can avoid having to use the Battle.net launcher, and you can get like the live player count. And it's like Overwatch Two is was like top twenty games. Like they've had seventy to eighty thousand players on Steam, and most people honestly are not going to play it on Steam if because if you have multiple Overwatch accounts, like Battle.net accounts. Steam doesn't really know how to work with those. Like me and my buddies, we're never going to boot it up on Steam. So seeing like seventy to eighty thousand people playing it on Steam, it's like wow. Okay, wasn't expecting that. But along with being on Steam means that people can openly rate the game. Um, so, you know, the internet hates a lot of games. And I repeatedly claim that the internet hates Overwatch 2 almost more than anything else. And this right here, Absolute Overwatch proof. 2, for, since the release of Season 6, has been the worst rated game on Steam by a country mile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It has 147,000 total reviews, and of those 147,000, 133,000 are negative. <laughs> it sits at 9% positive rating. <laughs> it's, it's, you'd that really, brutal. you'd really, I mean, obviously, obviously a lot of these are like exaggerated and it's sort of review bombing. Like it is, but to me. it is all <laughs> review bombing. But, but it's the like, the fact that it's to this extent, but it's like, oh but it's goodness. like, they wouldn't review this is why bomb League it. Of Legends has never released on Steam. It, they wouldn't review bomb it if it wasn't bad. Like I don't know. Well, like, but see the thing. It's like well. So what's people have kind of looked into the reviews. A large proportion, a large, a large portion of these negative reviews are from Chinese players who are upset that you know they can't play the game anymore. Yeah, that's fair. They can't <laughs> play the game anymore. They're like they have no idea what's going on with their progress. So it's like a large portion. Like not all of them, obviously, but yeah. a large number of them are written in Mandarin or are or originate from somewhere in China who they're just like upset that they can't play the game anymore because this is like the first way that those players actually have a way of like voicing their grievances yeah I'd like to point out to this see. one review by user tomato uh, says the only reason it exists on Steam is so that you can give it a bad review <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's because a lot of them because there are even reviews where people it's like I love the game but they just don't like the monetization or they don't like, uh, you know, the change to 5v5. Although anyone who's giving it a negative review because of the 5v5 change is delusional. But that's a different story. So most of the reviews are they're just they don't like the monetization. They don't like the PvE stuff being locked behind the battle pass as well. They don't like... The um, very, quick you know, unrelated the, question. Uh, how do you do a review on Steam? You... <laughs> I'll let you figure Why? it out. I'm Why not do you gonna... want to know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my so gosh, like, just... I found another amazing one. Uh, this one is recommended, and the only thing it has is a link to Team Fortress 2's Steam page. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like really funny because it's like the. Cause like, Overall, like most, pretty much none of the negative reviews are about how the gameplay is bad. Like none of them are. They're all about Blizzard. Like the they don't mm-hmm. like the broken promises. They don't like the monetization. They don't like changes made. Yep. But like 
And here's another one. At its one. core, Overwatch 2 is still a good game to play gameplay-wise, but people just don't like the stuff around it. Yeah. And I someone mean, else is saying, like, I don't know which Blizzard treats worse. It's, or, yeah. I don't know which Blizzard treats worse. It's players or it's female employees. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you guys remember that controversy. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. 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 So it's just Overwatch is in a spot where it's like, well, I mean, but like the game director came out with a, a develop, you know, he does these director updates and he was like, yeah, these negative reviews happen, but like, we can't like, we can't do anything about them. We can't change the past. All we can do is just make a better game moving forward. So it's like the, the developers have seen the, you know, they've seen the reviews. It's like, they're not blind to them. They've seen these reviews and they've seen the review bombing. It's just a question of what are they, what are they going to do moving forward about it? And it's like, unless they change the monetization, I don't think that people are ever going to be happy yeah, with the game. Yeah, that's one of the biggest it's like, that's, That is one has. of the biggest things is people don't mm. like, yeah. you know, the... I just, uh, there, there, the, there is a right way to do free-to-play, and there is a wrong way to do free-to-play. Mm-hmm. And Overwatch consistently... Overwatch straddles the line. It... Yeah, but it leans towards the wrong way. Destiny 2 has increasingly leaned towards doing it the wrong way ever since it went free-to-play. It's... Mm-hmm. It's... I don't know. It is it is a thin line to toe when you it's make something free-to-play. It's like they, they, they thin the... the like, they, they err on the right side of it by making, like, heroes that were in previous battle passes really easy to get for free... And then they err slightly on the wrong side by putting any new heroes at, like, halfway through the battle pass. Yeah. Which it's like, for people who play the game all the time, yeah, they can unlock that. But for people who barely play the game, they're not really ever going to get to play the new hero outside of arcade. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, my, my thought is always, if you're going to make something free to play, you uh, number one thing is you've got to make it that anything that is not cosmetic... Remains free, free. for exactly. everyone, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. And like the the Blizzard devs argue, it's like technically, like technically, the new hero is free to get, but it's like it takes it's a little while. Massive, yeah. massive grind. It mm-hmm. takes like two weeks of grinding, and it's like uh, yeah. it's two weeks it, of consistent, a, not two weeks of I hop on every so often. That's like two yeah, weeks of lots right. of play. It's a they, they err on both sides of it by making older heroes easy to get, but then by making new heroes basically just locked behind, not locked behind, locked behind a playtime wall. Essentially, yeah. you have to play a certain amount to get the hero. So it like it, it it's just kind of like personal opinion at that point. For someone who plays the game all the time, I don't mind it because I easily can get that stuff. But I also buy the battle pass because I like the game. But for someone who doesn't play it all the time, that can seem just like a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's how that's where Overwatch sits right now. Currently the most <laughs> disliked game on Steam. Yeah. It's oh, really no. funny. I just found out something but... else. Like the, the number of reviews. So remember, there are 147,857 Steam reviews. Of those, only 37,017 are in English. Yeah, so like over 100k mm. of them are are by Chinese players who are just upset. Yeah, by the uh, See, by the that's, Netties deal. That that's dropped. that's interesting. That I don't know. I, I wonder because so I mean this isn't like super common knowledge. I don't think, but Fortnite had a similar thing where they also shut down. Yeah, uh, like their their whole Chinese branch. Like you can't play Fortnite in China, and. 
I, I like I, I don't know. I don't feel like I remembered there being as much backlash against it. But Fortnite, Fortnite is not on Steam, right? No, so maybe there would be that, more. That might be why, because it's yeah. like before Overwatch Two was on Steam, the Chinese players really didn't have any way of collectively coming together yeah. and showing their group dissatisfaction with it. So, like, if Fortnite was on Steam when that happened, you, we probably would have seen something a little similar. Yeah, that's true. Because by being on Steam, it gives all of the disgruntled players uh, one singular place where you can see all of the numbers. And so it gives a very clear picture of exactly yeah. what they're feeling. Although before, the only way they could go is to Twitter or to the forums, you know? Right. Yeah. And in that case, with both Fortnite and Overwatch, I think it's more of an issue with China's government and less of an issue with the games themselves, yeah. just because... China is I mean, we know so, that, like, Blizzard you was say that. That's big... minus 500 social credit. <laughs> <laughs> like, we do know that Blizzard was trying to be a little greedy with their NetEase deal, yeah. but we also know that NetEase was being very, like, very stringent with their side of the deal. So it's like yeah. both parties are at fault with that. Yeah. But yeah. that's Overwatch 2. Season 6, positive. The new hero, the new game mode. The PvE missions are good, but bad news. You have to buy it with a battle pass and... Steam is making it very easy for people to show their dissatisfaction with the game. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to see how that progresses. We'll keep our eyes out for more stuff going on with this game. <laughs> but speaking about game dissatisfaction, Court, what's going on with Red Dead? Ooh. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, um Well... Let me let me let me spill the beans on that. So okay, so you guys remember last? I think it was last episode, maybe a couple episodes ago, where I was talking about there was like in the net code of the website they found all this stuff about like potentially a new version of Red Dead One coming out, and there were all these big rumors of a Red Dead One remaster done in like the engine and and quality of Red Dead Two, and people were so excited for it. I was super excited for it because I was like, I loved Red Dead Two, and I would love to play Red Dead One with that quality, mm -hmm. right? I was so hyped. Then Rockstar comes out and says, I bet here you go. Red Dead Redemption 1 Rockstar Games Edition or something, and they announce it. It's for the Nintendo Switch and for <laughs> like, the PS4. Yeah, right. Nintendo Switch? yeah, for the Nintendo Switch and for the PS4 only. And oh, it is... Did they, did they give reasoning for why? Well, and, and here's the thing. It's not a remaster. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not a remake. It is literally just the original game with maybe like a few small lighting changes and some like mildly bumped up textures just ported to the ps4 and by extension the ps5 because backwards compatibility and the switch because and it, it, the reason why it's just those two is because you can already play it in backwards compatibility on Xbox consoles because Xbox oh, is much yeah, nicer yeah, yeah. with backwards it to compatibility. More people, so. so they they were bringing it to more people with the PS4 and then PS5 thing and then the Nintendo Switch thing, but people were like, okay, bring it to PC. So if you're not gonna make it look better, we can at least mod it and do it ourselves. But they were like, nah. So it's not coming out on PC. <laughs> nah. And it. I don't know. I mean, people were waiting for so long and were so excited. And I guess that's kind of on us for getting our hopes up without any real, like, evidence, you know? But people have been begging for a, like, a Red Dead 1 remaster or full remake in Red Dead 2's engine. Like, something like that. And this is literally just, like, a base level port with 
I mean, oh, isn't it like fifty dollars? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's the thing. It's a base. It's a base level port. Like literally, almost no visual improvements You're at all. Fifty dollars for it's a 2010 game. Fifty <laughs> bucks out the gate, and people were like, "I mean, if you sold this for twenty, maybe that would be okay." But it's like it's more expensive than it was thirteen years. Yeah. Ago. No. I mean, it's like fifty fifty bucks. And it's like, and the, it added insult to injury because in response to all the backlash for the fifty buck price tag, the CEO of of uh, the guy, you know, the what are they called? The, rock- the CEO Rockstar. of the guy. The CEO of the guy. The CEO of Rockstar <laughs> the CEO was like the guy. put out this whole statement on how he feels like the price tag is completely justified. Like oh he didn't God. apologize for it. He was just like. No, nah, this is totally it's called inflation. Yeah, he was like, "This is completely justified," and no, you guys, completely, are... it's completely justified. I haven't been able to pay off my third yacht yet. Yeah, exactly. And it's like my third yacht. It's like people were like, "I mean, fifty bucks, fifty, sixty bucks for like a full blown remake or remaster of it." Sure, but like this is not even a. I mean, there are like you could watch videos of like side by side with like. I mean, it is it, the same? it is basically the same. Like maybe a few minor lighting tweaks oh and gosh. some sharper, like just like sharper textures and st- like just sharper resolution and stuff. But I mean, even then, not really. Like it is. Hey, but don't worry, you can play it in 4K. <laughs> it is the exact same game with like no updates made to it. Plus, wow. Plus, it's like it's all backwards compatible on the Xbox already, and on the Xbox you can play it. Like it, through backwards compatibility for like ten bucks, like, and this is the exact same yeah. thing, and they're charging fifty. I don't know. People, people are, people are are <laughs> not. People are <laughs> not happy people with were, it. We're kind of upset with the like what thirty dollar price tag for the uh, Metroid Prime port, which mm, was mm-hmm. also a massive visual upgrade. Oh now, yeah, like, guys, they actually put effort into that, and then here this comes. It's an actual remaster. It's an actual remaster, and it's not even the full price of most games nowadays. Like, well, Me- Metroid Prime didn't come out for just thirty, did it? It was Metroid Prime. It was. I think it was. But it, it was. It was not. It was not more than that. I remember. But it was that. a remaster. It was, it was so a full like, remaster. They reworked oh, yeah. the visuals. It is forty. They, like, did other things. Yeah, it's for, there we go. It's forty bucks. Yeah, which is like less than pretty much any other game outside of the indie. Sp- uh, game sphere, mm-hmm. which is so variable that you can't really use that as a standard anyway. Yeah. Um, and then here comes Red Dead, and I'm like, I told you guys, I told you. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, the the quality of the Metroid Prime remaster remake is what people were hoping for for a Red Dead. Because mm-hmm. I mean, remastered is, I mean, you look at side by side comparisons. I mean, they built, they rebuilt that game. I mean, not completely from the ground up. But, I mean, they drastically remastered that game. It looks incredible mm, now like gorgeous. the new the new version it's incredible it's it completely overhauled i mean it looks it looks incredible and yeah and 40 bucks is not unreasonable at all especially given in hindsight and it's just like <laughs> i don't know it's like it's just crazy that rockstar is and I feel like a little bit of that was Nintendo, because Nintendo got a good amount of backlash when they released Skyward Sword HD for like fifty bucks or something, or fifty or sixty. Yeah, I remember um, that. which was fair because that one was a less of a visual upgrade. It was it was more just kind of some minor 
things. Touch up here and there. Little touch up here and there. And, and then Rockstar went, oh, we want some of that. Yeah, and then Nintendo kind of made <laughs> up for it where they were like, hey. of the work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Rockstar didn't even do the minor touch ups. They, I mean, they literally just. They were just like, oh, we found the old game files, guys. Release them. Literally, that is, I mean, yeah. Like, they literally just ported it. And, like, people are like, what is this? Like. Uh, it's i mean and it's like at least put it on pc because then people can mod it but nope the the current state of the gaming industry oh i know Uh, seriously you know know, that reminds me of a certain game that's been bringing up a lot of discussion about the state of the industry (laughs) yes ladies and gentlemen we are talking about baldur's gate 3 the sixty dollar, one hundred and fifty gigabyte titan yes titan among games has millions of lines of dialogue more than a hundred hours of cutscenes available throughout all the different paths the story. Some can of the take. most in like in depth character customization. I oh think yeah, I've ever yeah. Seen. In, in depth is an understatement because I've seen way too many clips of people reacting to the uh, like the uh-huh. customizability of certain yeah, aspects under the belt. Absolutely bonkers. Oh wait. <laughs> Have you not heard about that? No, oh, I've heard oh, I about have. that. The flash, the flash, the the, the flashbangs, mm-hmm. the jump scares. Oh no! <laughs> anyway, it's it, like it's even crazy. Just the character customizer has more effort in it than a lot of AAA games nowadays. Than Red Dead Redemption's <laughs> port. <laughs> the Red Dead Redemption <laughs> and the game is so huge. It is now, if I remember correctly, on Metacritic, the most highly rated video game of oh, all time. Fine. It has broken every record on that front. To be fair, it is a little more recently released, so there aren't quite as many reviews. Typically, games like have really high, but then they'll like kind of balance out. So, but it is very high. But it's it's the hype is absolutely bonkers. People are going crazy about this game, and apparently, it is living up to, and a lot of people even saying exceeding their expectations, um, which has led to some very interesting. thoughts that people are having about this year's game of the year i'm putting something into the discord chat well i honestly i was thinking about that like if there is the ability for somebody to surpass uh tears of the kingdom for a game of the year it's this baldur's gate because this is oh yeah so incredibly well made and so in-depth and And no offense to tears of the kingdom yeah but like i kind of like it more than the gmod remake of breath of the wild (laughs) Now hold on, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom is still oh an incredible game. Oh I mean, <laughs> wow, Ben coming out swinging with that, that line. Savage, but it made sense. <laughs> the G mod remake. <laughs> I mean, here, here's here, here's my thought on it. Earlier this year, I was talking with I can't remember who I was talking with, but I was talking with someone and I was saying, like. There are very few games that are really going to be able to give Tears of the Kingdom a run for their money for Game of the Year. Tears of the Kingdom is yeah. just incredible. It's, just it's so a good. sequel to Breath of the Wild. It's, I mean, it, it, there's, it's a Zelda game. Like, I mean, there's just, there's, there's not much that can, can get. I was like going, I was going through a list. I was like, maybe if Starfield absolutely blows everyone away, it could stand a shot. I mean, Spider Man Two maybe, but like, eh, but probably like, not. probably not. Probably not. And like, I mean, it's going to be great. I'm excited for Spider-Man too. But I was like, oh, yeah. I, I doubt it'll be like, tier, like it would be better than Tears of the Kingdom. And I was like, look, at like naming through games that were coming out this year. And I'm like, but like, honestly, there's Baldur's Gate three was not even on my radar. I no, didn't, I, don't I didn't even like, radar. I didn't even like think 
I didn't even mention it in that list. Like, it wasn't even something that I even, like, really... Like, I no, think I knew I mean, that it existed, un- but, like, I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, you release then you weren't thinking about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Like, you know? But then all and of so sudden, the fact, <laughs> yeah, that it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. Keep going. Well, no, no. You made the exact point of, like, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this, this year is just going to be a Tears of the Kingdom sweep. Like... Why even bother worrying about it? Because this game was one of the most hyped games of all time, and then also just came out and shattered expectations for it because it's so awesome. It's so good. And then, and everyone's like, "Yep, that's it. That's that's open and closed." And all of a sudden, Baldur's Gate three comes out of nowhere. So I just put into the the Discord chat uh, this. TikTok I was literally so just thinking yeah, of that it's, scene. It's that, that <laughs> scene from from Thor Ragnarok. You can't beat me. I know, but <laughs> yeah. So like, Tears Kingdoms are like, you can't beat me. And Hogwarts Legacy is like, I know, but he can. But he and can. Baldur's Gate three just bursts out of the city. <laughs> it's like it's going to be fierce. That's what I think. We're going to have another fierce showdown this year, like we had with God of War Ragnarok and Elden Ring. I bet we're going to have a neck and neck. Between Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 and Tears of the Kingdom. And I'm very oh, wait, excited to see who see comes it. out on top. It won't let me I'm, play the I'm video. thinking of that one meme where it's like, are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? <laughs> it's just like Tears <laughs> of the Kingdom. No, nope, There's like nobody that can also, even match me. To, to fact check you, Kyle, it's nowhere near the highest rated game on Metacritic. Wait, really? I read a news article that said it was. What? Baldur's Gate on Metacritic is a 97, 96, 97. Um, yeah, that's not beaten Ocarina of Time's 99. Oh, all right. You know what? There's also a tons of you there's also what? tons of 98s and a bunch of other 97s. I guess I, so. I should have – maybe it wasn't Metacritic. Someone claimed some, on one of the major review sites that it was the highest rated, but maybe that's changed since I, I think I think I think you were probably thinking of – there's another one. It's called like Open Critic or something. Something like that that is that's that more way. like modern like it highest rated. It's newer. It's where? like it's made for like newer games, so it doesn't have like a lot of classics on it. But it's yeah. it's and made for like newer like, games. The, and Tears the of the Ocarina Kingdom of, was the highest on that platform the until highest, yeah. until I think Baldur's Gate overtook it. Okay. Least, well, no, they are they wait, became the, uh, the highest ra- oh highest rated PC game uh, of all time. Uh, okay. That PC. one, yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. not the highest rated of all time, because, but highest rated I mean, PC. I you need think. to understand that the Ocarina of Time fanboys are some of the most like I would say ballistically dedicated. <laughs> Of oh any yeah, fan base of any video. Mm-hmm. Game. I mean, I, like, I'm gonna be real. I have played Ocarina was... of Time, but it is not like. I mean, it's good. It's amazing. It's well, incredible. Okay, so game, as but of it's currently, like... Baldur's Gate sits at a 96, which ties it with Bioshock, Half Life, The Orange Box, Grand Theft Auto Five, Half Life Two, and then Disco Asylum is still number one at 97. <laughs> For... So it's up there. It is. It is a top. Five game wait, on Metacritic. On Meta- wait, no, Metacritic, this, but like, huge. Disco Asylum is the highest rated on Metacritic. Isn't it Disco Elysium, PC. Elysium? Oh, Elysium. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the highest yeah, PC. PC. Okay. Yeah. Highest PC. Highest PC. Yeah. If you go to all platforms, then it's like Ocarina of Time, Tony Hawk, Grand Theft Auto Four, Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Oh, that's that's, good. that's yeah. real. Actually, ninety eight. Oh, and Ocarina of Time definitely deserves that top spot i mean there's no question especially uh, for how it's so I, I have a ton of i have a ton of friends who are playing Baldur's gate and it's like it, it seems like it's actually a, a good a finally a <laughs> uh, fine it's fine once in a blue moon it seems like we actually get a game that's worth the money yeah so i i wish it wasn't turn-based i can't i can't do turn-based i want to i want to oh. be able to do turn-based games so bad 
and I was so excited for Baldur's Gate until I saw the combat and it was turn based, and I was just like, so it's, so I haven't played it. Is it like Final Fa- um is it Final Fantasy style turn based or is it like no. straight up? It's more it's, like D and D. Like yeah, it, it it's, really it's, it's is. Like, it's, it's really like a direct port of D and D mechanics in, into a PC game, which a lot of people have tried and failed to do in the past. But this time, it actually makes a lot of sense. Like you have your movement speed, you have your action and bonus action and reaction on your turn. You have things you can do, right? And um, which makes it, me, I mean, I like it. I like D and D, so maybe I'll like this. I don't know. Yeah, we'll and see. a lot of people have been putting out articles on like various game journalism sites, like uh, Screen Rant and so on and so forth. I think Screen Rant, I saw one or two of these, where people are saying like they'd gotten tired of playing D&D 5th Edition just because they've been doing it for so long, and then Baldur's Gate 3 like re-sparked their interest. Mm-hmm. Because it is based off of 5th Edition. Um, and it's really funny, because occasionally you can see the, the 3.5 Edition fanboys going like, oh, a great port for a terrible D&D edition. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys are like the tabletop version of the Ocarina of Time fanboys. Go enjoy your nostalgia trip. Um... <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah, the closest game, the only game that I've played that has the D and D style combat is Knights of the Republic. But Knights of the Republic applies the D and D style with tactical pausing. So you pause between turns to apply some extra med packs, so that's not it's 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 like real time, but it's real time pausing, yeah. mm-hmm. which may, adds an extra intricacy to it. So is that is that kind of like? Because I think Final Fantasy VII's ha- or the Final Fantasy VII remake has something similar where it's like real time well, combat, but then you can like pause and do things. Kind of. It's like remember we had a discussion on this. I think back in the first season of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, I referred to it as the bullet time approach. Mm. Where yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can slow stuff you can down. Slow things down, kind of like in Breath of the Wild when you draw your bow midair and it's called bullet time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like that with mm. with Final Fantasy VII where you can open up your menu, bullet use an time. item. Ben, I'm going um, over there to strangle you. <laughs> Hear a door open. <laughs> Lightning flashes. Court standing right over his shoulder. <laughs> but Baldur's Gate is like legitimate. Just it's it's legitimately just, combat, yeah, and apparently it's crazy good. People are loving the the nuance of the story and the various characters and the the relationships you can have with them. And like the ways you can kind of like build your party and your your allies yeah. and enemies throughout the game, and uh, so what's happening as well though, and here's the ugly part of it all, is that the rest of the industry, at least amongst American developers, is trying to dogpile on this and say, now don't get your hopes up. This is not a good place to start your new standard for an RPG. <laughs> and, and that's very that's ironic that is, that is, that ironic. is hilarious actually it's like, irony in like, that is that just... is so rich coming from the people behind the studios that produced some of the biggest commercial flops in the gaming industry for the past five years oh man <laughs> i mean it's like a, it's like good, disney watching uh puss in boots and be like oh don't get your hopes up this is just like this for animated yeah, film. This, isn't a good, this isn't a good idea to have for animated films oh i hate it so much and I'm like, so I want to get into this a little bit because some of them were trying to trying to be respectful. I'm putting air quotes around that because like they're still <laughs> joining the dog pile, but they're doing it less antagonistically. Respectfully, they're, right? They're, they're doing it less antagonistically because they are pointing out like uh, this. These are situations that are not common in the development sphere, right? Like they had many more years to work on it. They had this thing. They had that thing. But then I'm reading through this and I'm thinking like each of these things you're listing 
is stuff that the Should fans be norms. have been complaining the studios haven't been doing. How yep. many times have we watched a review or personally reviewed a game where we were like, yeah, this could have used another year or two in development. And this guy's mm-hmm. like, it's not normal to have this many years in development. And I'm like, maybe like, it should be. Then make it normal. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the Elder ones in charge. The next Elder Scrolls game would like a word. <laughs> And it's like, it's pointing out, like, essentially, these people trying to defend the way the industry has been running are really just pointing out all the reasons why the industry has been putting out lackluster games Garbage. with these high promises. It's like, you guys yeah. are not putting in the time, the effort, and the funding. And, of course, we, we all know this is coming from the corporate level of, like, the executives trying to say, mm-hmm. no, push it out, get the money, yeah, it's not get the, the microtransactions. And the devs Never are usually the devs. still the ones bearing a lot of the brunt of it. But like this is this is a good point for us to all say, like, hey guys, look, this works. Hey, execs, look at this, look at this. See how many people are buying this game? This mm-hmm. works. I mean, I Put think I think games in for five years of development. Put you can really this. You can really tell I mean, I think the most almost blatant and like easily to notice difference between like these kind of things is you take a look at the time period difference between Pokemon Legends Arceus and Pokemon Scarlet and Violet and Zelda Breath of the Wild and Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. There was like a year or two maybe gap between the Pokemon games and like a six year gap between Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. Scarlet and Violet was a buggy mess. Yep. And it was awful. And it and they made everyone it to add D-Mod it. into Breath of the Wild. It's great. And Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yeah, that one is. Tears yeah. of the Kingdom is, despite what Ben says, one of the greatest video games ever made. And Absolutely. so it's like, it's like, you. It really like it really is as simple as like, just putting in the time for it. Putting like, in the time, putting in the I effort. Like this year will give us a good indication of the difference between big corporate studios because Starfield comes out what next yeah. month? Mm. The next massive Bethesda RPG. And if Starfield comes out and is yet again another first-party company making a tragically bad game, then that'll be it. like, there it is, right there, clear as day, <laughs> this is what happens. This like, what this happens. is the state of the industry now, I, we can't trust the first parties. I will say, Starfield definitely leans more on the side of having a lot of development time behind it. But that's this last major game was Fallout 76, and that was forever though. ago. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, just it's, development it's, time. It's, yeah, it's everything together. In addition, like the the CEO of Larian Studios is personally very involved and invested in the game development cycle itself. He is just as much a video game nerd as the rest of the company. You can see that by the way he behaves. Like the dude dressed in a suit of metal armor for <laughs> the announcement <laughs> uh, live stream and a bunch of other videos about the game. He's been very personally involved. This in is the this is the Baldur's so- Gate three guy. This is, yeah, the Baldur's Gate yeah. 3 guy, Larian yeah. Studios, CEO, I forget his name. I, I can picture his face right now, him in his iconic armor. Um, <laughs> but, like, this goes to show, right? When you get top-level investment, right, it trickles all the way down because all these, oh, like, yeah. really passionate devs are working with a boss who's like, yeah, that's a great idea, let's keep going, let's give it the effort it needs, and then what if you do this and that? And he's just like, that kind of investment on every level of the company is really showing. And I think that's the same thing that Nintendo does with its first party titles. And that's Nintendo why it's oh, yeah. to be so good is because right from the bottom to the top, everyone is invested in making the best game they can oh, yeah. make and well, enjoying the mm-hmm. process. That's why oh, 100%. these recent Zelda games are so good. That's why Mario Odyssey was so good. You'll, you'll why... never find a more dedicated Smash Bros. fan than Sakurai, the guy who makes Smash Bros. <laughs> you'll never find <laughs> a more Smash dedicated Bros. Zelda fan than yeah. Al Numa, the guy who makes 
Zelda. I mean, exactly. like exactly, and I it's think like, Studios is doing the exact same thing, and that's that's a huge reason behind why they did everything they did to make Baldur's Gate three so good. Yeah, yeah, they weren't doing it for the money; they were doing it to make a good product, yeah. and that's and that's how you make money. Where that's <laughs> where the disconnect is right yeah. now between yeah. lots of gaming companies and between the consumers the and games. the creators. That's where it's just like yeah, the consumers don't care how long it takes you to make it as long as you're open about it yeah. and you're and wanting to make a good yeah. game. Genuinely. Most consumers like, have tons of games on their backlog. <laughs> they can wait. We don't need we can like wait. I would rather I would rather wait another year or two for an anticipated game for it to be good than here than release it and add another Twitter apology to the tier list. Oh, right. so I don't need yeah. And there's another thing, right? The difference between this game and a lot of other major AAA titles is all the other ones, you know, shortly after release put out this cheesy apology letter and then this one is instead reveling in like everyone coming together to boost it up and and defend it after the other companies who release their apology letters are trying to tear it down. Like yeah. mm-hmm. that tells you something. That tells you something. I think it's interesting and I guess there would be the disclaimer there to say that more development time is not always no, it doesn't always I mean, mean it. there's a difference always. between Cyberpunk yeah. 2077 time and development hell. Yeah. There's, there's a difference. There's a Cyberpunk 2077 difference. was announced in like legitimately like 2007. Like it's been in de- However, it was in development also, for like, but like ye- decades. The, the, like, that, <laughs> like a long it's time. It's like the the development time and the time it takes is also like the, directly related to how much management and the upper and like in the corporates yeah, actually care. Right. If it's a long develop if it's a long development cycle, but it's very clear that the corporates care about this game, then it's like, okay, no, they gave it extra time because yeah. it needed extra time. Exactly. But if it's like if supposed it's a- to be released and then it adds years onto it, then you're like, okay, no, something's fishy here. <laughs> yeah. There's exactly. a problem. I mean, universally, in all forms of media, we've been I mean, you can see it recently in things like uh the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, which I could go on or movie, which I could go on for hours about so stop me if i try um but it's like every time when you put people in charge who care about the product and who know what they're doing you'll get, you'll a, get good a good product, product. when you put people in charge who care about the money and don't really know what they're doing but know how they're like know their way around money things you get Overwatch. You too. get Overwatch too. I mean, Overwatch too. You get uh, Wizards of the Coast trying to mess with the open gaming license. You get, right, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, even in movies, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. It was very clear with the New Mutant Mayhem movie that they just said, "Hey, you guys know what you're doing, and you guys know the audience, and you guys, we're just gonna let you do your thing." You know? Yep. And it worked, and it was amazing, and the movie was incredible. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's Same just... thing with uh, with Puss in Boots. Mm-hmm. Puss in Boots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, like the Spider Verse movies. Oh yeah, Spider Verse yeah, movies. Yeah, Whereas you some recent Marvel ones, you know. Yeah, recent Marvel <laughs> ones or the Star Wars sequel trilogy, where yeah. I mean, they they actively you talked to the to the directors and everything, themselves. and they were like. We don't want this to be like classic Star, you know, like classic Star Wars. I, you know, like it's like so you have no idea what you're doing, and you're just trying. Like it's, <laughs> it's it's kind of the same thing with the all these Disney remakes too. They're like, um, we actually don't like the original material, so we're remaking it because oh, yeah. the original material was bad. Oh yeah, have you seen all the stuff about the new Snow White movie? Oh, mm-hmm. okay, wait, we oh, got to stop no. right there. I I, I could wait, talk wait, for wait, hours wait. about that. <laughs> yeah. That's Apparently that's a disaster. Podcast. Um. <laughs> Jason already has one, doesn't he? That's right. We keep talking. Yeah, I need to go jump and on. talk to Jason more about that. I want to. Yeah. Anyway, topic for another time. 
Um, Baldur's Gate 3, good game, finally, good game. a beacon of light that isn't made by Nintendo. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Real. I hope that's not from Nintendo in the AAA gaming world. That's not Let's from go. Nintendo or one of the first-party PlayStation uh, games. That's because true. PlayStation like Spider-Man, the Horizon yeah, Zero Dawn games, Fantasy. God of War, those have all been really, really solid, too. Even though Horizon keeps getting screwed over in Game of the Year, they it still just make keep, amazing well, games. It just they keep releasing it right next to release time. Yeah. Like, or from software. From software also yeah from consistently puts out incredible games dark souls elden ring they're all solid i'm kind of waiting for the guys who make the next horizon game to just say like oh uh we're gonna delay it not because the game needs more time but because this year this hyped game is coming out so we're Mm -hmm. just gonna let it sit for a bit so you guys Uh, i i i I saw this i saw this thing that was like i saw this thing that was like horizon zero dawn the first one released like the day either before or after like right next to um like within a few days of Breath of the Wild, and then Horizon Forbidden West released yeah, comes out just, just through... within a few days of Elden Ring, and then someone was like, "I'm almost more excited for the game that, that releases within with a few days of the next Horizon game <laughs> than the, the next, next Horizon, Horizon game, game itself." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's kind of weird. That's not to say that the Horizon games are bad; they are incredibly fun. They are awesome, no, and very well made. Unlucky. But they've just, their timing has been horrendous every time. Poor Horizon devs. Yeah, but anyway, oh, wow. um, yeah. So I think if any devs that are clearly huge fans of our podcast yeah, are, yeah. Are, are listening to me right yeah, now, yeah, all of those big, big gaming devs, yeah. the smart devs, or no, the smart like gaming companies, take a look at Baldur's Gate three and Tears of the Kingdom and take notes. Quality over quantity. And you too can make Gary's mod versions <laughs> of these. I'm never mm-hmm. going to forget that distinction. Now I can't believe I didn't make that connection earlier because I love Gary's mod. But it seriously is like you put Gary's mod in Breath of the Wild and then improve, and then just make a much bigger story and boom, you have Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's perfect. But, but in, the so perfect. in the best way. In the best way. In the best way possible. That is so amazing. <laughs> and I... I, 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 I'll, I'll let that one slide. I think Tears of the Kingdom is infinitely better than Gary's mod, but... Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but we're not saying it's Gary's mod. We're saying that it's Gary's mod of <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Fair. Fair. Um, All right. Ben, why don't you tell us about Minecraft? Yeah. yeah. So there is a huge problem right now with villagers and the trading system they implemented back in the village and pillage update where you can just have villagers... <laughs> And you can basically get anything in the game yeah. just through trading. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I actually tried it once. I did like a personal challenge. I did not go mining once. And within like a few hours, I had full diamond armor. Oh. <laughs> I knew it was because, busted, but man. Yeah, no, it's the ability to get any enchantment or any item, any like any um anything that you need to go mining for. So for like, you can get iron stuff, you can get gui- diamond stuff, you can get chainmail. Like, it basically it removes the whole part of the mine aspect of yeah. Minecraft. And so they're doing a little rework. It's not an, a full update. They are just basically nerfing villagers. Which by... I think is the right call. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so. Uh, the main thing that needs to be nerfed is the enchantments. You have the librarians where you slap them inside a little hole and then put a... Uh, what is it called? Lectern? 
lectern. I was yeah. going to say urn, but I was like, <laughs> not quite. An urn. <laughs> a lectern in front of them. You're like, all right, give me sharpness five for three emeralds. And you just keep doing that until you get exactly, you do like keep rotating it. And you can get any enchantment, any level. And so with these new changes, um, they're basically making it so only certain types of villagers have certain um, enchantments. So a good example of this is the mending enchantment, which was, you know, the most coveted one of of all where you can get eternal, uh, an internal sword. Which, like, I don't think the mending enchantment is necessarily bad, but, like... No, it's it's great, but it's, it's great. just... It's, it's being able to get it easy. The, the ability to get it so easily makes the game not fun anymore. Yeah. It's like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, for the past several times I've been invited onto a Minecraft server, I go in, I discover someone's already set up a villager trading hall, and they're going to take out the Ender yeah. Dragon tomorrow. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. bro, it's, it's day one, I haven't even made a pickaxe yet, what the heck? On, yep. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure our roommate Joe built one on the server where you met Tally, Ben. <laughs> that was actually me. I was the one building it. Did you build it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. we've we made one. I think it was the uh, server before that. But like within a day, my roommate Joe had a fully functioning iron farm, and he had found a nearby village and co- yep. and like and like toted them over by boat. And had like this giant glass like enclosure where he would breed villagers and then assign them different jobs, and it, oh my it was so weird. But like, yeah, so here are the changes. So with enchantment, not uh, with uh, enchanted books, you only get certain ones from certain um, village. village types. So like desert, jungle, plains, savanna, Ooh, snow, swamp, taiga. I like that. And you have to level up the villager up to the mat, uh, last level in order to yeah, get... that makes sense. And it's like, you don't get... You can't get sharpness 5 anymore. The highest level you can get is sharpness 3. Huh. So, here, here's basically a rundown of it. The desert villager gives you efficiency 3 at master level. Uh, the jungle village... and But you can't get efficiency from any other villager from any other region. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jungle Villager gives you Unbreaking 2 at Master Level. Plains Villager gives you Protection 3 at Master Level. Uh, Savannah Villager gives you Sharpness 3 at Master Level. And, like, this is guaranteed. Like, usually it's just been RNG. But, like, at Master Level, you are guaranteed this Enchanted Book. Nice. Um, the Snow uh, Snow Librarian gives you Silk Touch at Master. Swamp Villager gives you mending at master level and taiga gives you fortune which the funny thing is though the most broken one of all mending Mm -hmm. is from a not naturally spawning village type like there are no swamp villages and so so in order to to create a swamp village you in order to get swamp villagers you have to find a swamp bring villagers over there and breed them so you can hope to get Mm -hmm. swamp villagers which I think it's a I good change. Like those are those are great changes because mm-hmm. it's like it. yeah. as it was mentioned, but it's like if you by having the village, if you left the villagers the way they were, then people's like approach to the game would no longer be. Oh, I've got to break trees, build a pickaxe, get the stuff, go into the mines. Would be like, all right, where's the village? Yeah, no, no, no. Here's the thing. Like I have not used an enchantment table in so long. 
because enchantment tables no, are I'm useless. Using enchantment tables are so yeah. much fun. But like so you, it's it's com- it's complete RNG for a not you like you don't guarantee even a good enchantment. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you but use yeah, villagers like, and like you are guaranteed RNG sharpness system. five as long as you have the patience to cycle through the. Because my my favorite, like I always enjoyed like building up the enchantment table area and just having a. Because st- I would always take the approach of I was I would always enchant books mm-hmm. rather than enchanting my actual items mm-hmm. and I would just sit there and just enchant like twenty thirty books get a bunch of chests and like all right let me get my anvil let me combine these books it was like a fun oh, yeah. like mini game inside mm-hmm. Minecraft oh, yeah. it's, of it's combining great. your enchanted books to get like your mo you like you're basically just min maxing enchants <laughs> oh yeah it was a lot of fun but the thing is is that when people realize they could spam yeah, you can use villagers. villagers it kind of it negated, negated the need for it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and so there's like other enchantments. So each villager type, each villager region has four uh, region-specific enchantments. So you have those master ones, but then like desert has fire protection, thorns, infinity. Jungle has feather falling, protect, projectile protection, and power. Plains has punch, smite, bane of arthropods. Savannah has knockback, bind, curse of binding, sweeping edge. Uh, Snow mm-hmm. has Aqua Affinity, Looting, and Frostwalker. Swamp has Depth Strider, Reparation, and Vanishing Curse. And Taiga has Blast Protection, Fire Aspect, and Flame. Interesting. Good stuff. And so you need to have these specific village region types in order to get specific now gathering, gathering the freaking biome villages like an infinity gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's that a... Yeah. Finally, I have them all. <laughs> I have them all. But honestly, this like this makes this so much more fun, in my opinion, because before you just grab all the a villager, cart it over to wherever your base is, and then you can just make your villager trading hall there. Now you have to find each biome, have villagers in each one of these biomes, and then you can have these enchantments. And it makes it much more difficult and much more entertaining because then you can like have all these biome specific decorations and like your own little micro villages and i think it's pretty interesting well and it it kind of for lack of a better word forces you to explore which i think is mm-hmm. awesome yeah you have to find other village types that the it's like now now you go to the swamp for more than just getting slimes and witches you know mm-hmm. yeah we still need so, to find the swamp, but yep, <laughs> going to the swamp to that's, get some witches. Really big change. I'm excited for it. It should make Minecraft a lot more exciting because, like, my last like Minecraft playthrough, I thought I like I, I finished. I killed the Ender Dragon. I make five beacons. I'm just like, this is kind of boring, right? Like, I barely went mining, and I just smacked around villagers for an hour. Yeah, and so yeah. I think Not this is ideal. a very good change. Very good change. 100%. Mm-hmm. This is the right direction. And so, going off onto League of Legends. Weebs uh, of Legends. They just released the new champ, Nafiri, which is... Nafiri. Basically, it is a pack of dogs that you what? control. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> like, there are I these... finally be a good boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh, gosh. But, um... These it, like it's created such like an interesting dynamic because like League has been trying to make a multi like champion for a long time. They tried with Kindred where it's like two champions in one, but it's just it's really hard to pull off effectively. Yeah, it is. And so um, you're basically you are one main dog. 
and and then they follow you. and you have a pack of dogs following you and it's 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 an interesting concept and it creates it's it creates like an interesting uh like perspective of like how useful your quote unquote minions because like there's lots of minion champions out there mm-hmm. yeah there are and so uh, these like the, these dog minions will like randomly last hit for you. They'll like do little attacks every once in a while, and they'll follow up on any of your attacks. So which is like, but what's like most most interesting for me is just like this is supposed to be like a very beginner level assassin, and it is. It is like one of the most is one of the assassins with the simplest kit I've seen, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a difficult part of it though because like then it means that this champion is very reliant on numbers. Because you tweak any numbers in a positive way, and you have it's a, be busted because it yeah. that you instantly have a busted champion because it applies on all of the dots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and like it's because it's so simple, it's very easy to get your full combo off on somebody. Like it literally has an ability where you point on someone, and like it charges for a second, and then you dash at them from any distance. I'm saying, like, you have to be within the range to, like, be able to, to target them. To tap them, yeah. But then if they use any sort of ability to get far away from you, you still follow. Oh, my goodness. And so it it's definitely uh, adding a lot of uh, intricacies to the assassin meta, and it should be yeah. weird to see what happens in pro play with such an easy-to-execute assassin. But more mm. exciting with League of Legends, we have the new game mode, 2v2v2v2. V2v2v2v2. Oh, it's like Chinese checkers. <laughs> so it's a... Basically, you have four teams of two players each who all just play together and you you play in rounds where you fight against uh, another team. You, like, you have like two sets of or you have like uh, three rounds where you play against uh, one of each of the other teams, and then you cycle through that once. There's like a big change, cycle through it again, another big change, and like it kind of goes like that until there's. And each time you lose a match, you lose your like overall health. Like you have, oh, you have not not like overall health for like your champions in the matches. Yeah, yeah, but like your team health, your, sort you of have like kind of like stamina bar. You have twenty health at the beginning of the game, and you lose health when you lose a match and that health goes down and eventually you reach a point where you have four health and the next match you lose you you're out you get knocked out wow and wow. of course cool with league being the way it is this game it was instantly min-maxed and you have very <laughs> cringe and like <laughs> like non-interactive like people like there's like turret meta where people just get all the champions with turrets that you, they just put down and like they build a wall that you can't even get close to them. God, we love mid max. Mm-hmm. We love it. And so people have been like saying like this is why League doesn't want to make any more fun modes because you just take the fun out of it by mid maxing and not having you take fun. Take the fun out of it by trying to have more fun. Mm-hmm. And so, but I mean, it's honestly it's pretty fun. It's it's a mix of Earth where like your abilities run really fast, so like you're mm-hmm. able to use your abilities, and it's just fast paced. You're smacking each other around. It's just brawling the whole time. It's lots of fun, yeah. and it's it's created a lot of 
ability for people to express different ways of yeah uh, like cooperation because there was no way for high level content creators to create content with each other because once you get past master level you're not allowed to duo with no, other players the same way and so this is a, this has allows high level content creators to make content with each other and then creates like a more expressive content scene too so overall i think this is a pretty good change yeah yeah that's pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool no no <laughs> what do you mean what no? do you mean no <laughs> <laughs> all right core what are your final my pieces final here? pieces all right yeah. lego pieces the one pieces all right <laughs> my final right. pieces if we need to in post, we can add the uh, the sound. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Fortnite X Lego, what is going on? <laughs> Core chills for Fortnite. Um, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> a little while ago, leakers and kind of people who knew a little bit of stuff behind the scenes mentioned uh, just in channels and stuff that or, well, that LEGO and Fortnite had collaborated and were planning on making some big collaboration. Not too long after that, Fortnite and LEGO themselves confirmed it, saying, not really specifying what exactly they were doing, but saying, hey, we're working together and we're making something cool. And just kind of left it at that. And it hasn't. there hasn't been a whole lot of updates about it. It's been, like, every once in a while, leakers will claim, hey... You know, like, they're still in the works, and it seems like from sources and stuff that we have that they've actually dedicated quite a lot of their resources to whatever this this LEGO collaboration is. And Fortnite's been a little, I don't want to say, like, bland, but it's 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 been a little low in, in new content lately. Like, it's been, uh, new content has been slower than normal. And Mr. Uh, Fortnite, Mr. you've Fortnite. solved my cool temple puzzle. <laughs> not again. Not again. Um, and I completely lost my train of thought. Thank you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's been slow with content. It's been yeah, it's been slow with content. So you want a Lego infusion? Well, and they've said like people, the kind of the consensus that people have who know things behind the scenes have said that the reason for that is that they've dedicated most of their development team or a good chunk of it towards whatever this lego thing is that it's going to be like pretty darn big and then recently within just like a couple weeks um i think it was just like last week there was this big leak that went around that basically said through like they they've added like certain files to the to the game and stuff and through some of those files and just other things that we know typically fortnite releases seasons as like so season one was update 1.0 or whatever 1.0.0 or whatever right and Mm -hmm. two was two three was three and then when they do chapters and they reset the seasons those numbers continue so chapter two season one was actually update 11.0 or whatever you know and then um like right now we're on like 24 i think and the next season will be 25 um but the interesting thing is, is that 
in the files 26 which should be the next season after this coming season so the next season starts on friday and the next season after that should be you know either season five or the next chapter season one or however they decide to do it but it is not marked as its own season it's marked as a new like full scale level update but not as a new season and there's other files and things in there and other things that we know about the lego collaboration that are leading people to believe and speculate that essentially instead of getting a new season then in december we're going to just basically be getting a giant lego collaboration that is the size of a new season that like that is so big dope. that it warrants getting its own full new Here's number what version of court i'm gonna i'm gonna try to tap into my apollo gift of prophecy <laughs> i think they're either going to you're either going to get to play you're going to play on a massive Fortnite map and it's all going to be built out of legos that, that would be interesting. Like, uh, your like a Fortnite <laughs> map is out of Legos, and they're gonna add some new. They're gonna add all of the Lego blasters. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna shoot. We <laughs> we say that jokingly, but that is one of the leading theories right now. Is that a little while ago, or several seasons ago, they did a big Borderlands crossover where they turned a portion of the map into pandora from borderlands and like when you went mm. into that part of the map like the whole art, the art style, style changed thing. so you looked like you were in borderlands and like the whole like environment changed and so people think that it's not terribly unlikely that either the entire map or a good chunk of it based on how much development time they've been putting into it and how big the update is for it will well, the lego section you turn into mini will figures, be lego and then when you when you kill enemies, they drop studs, and you can reach true Fortnite. True Fortnite. <laughs> I I doubt that they'll make it. That the characters actually turn into minifigs because the hitboxes on that would be so wonky, and it would be a whole new set of animations they'd have to do. It'd but be pretty awesome though. But I, I do post on Twitter on a piece about this as I was looking this up, uh, an animation or something, some clip of like the Fortnite, like someone building in there, but it was all Lego, right? They're yeah. like a minifigure, they're Lego bricks it looked pretty great to be honest <laughs> no and, and i think it'll probably be something similar to that where like a good portion of the map turns lego and like when you build in the lego like when you break something it the lego it will, like it'll, the, the little clicking it, and it'll like build out of legos so like instead of wood brick and stone it'll it's be like lego it'll plates. be like different kinds different different kinds of lego like lego bricks and like I don't know, and then people are thinking they're probably going to have a whole like brand new season level battle pass that's just like fully like dedicated to like Lego cosmetics and stuff, and maybe some customizable <laughs> Lego things. Like, I don't know. There better there better be mini kits hidden on the map. Yeah, stuff like that. No, I mean, it, it seems like just based on the fact that the new update that will bring in the Lego collaboration is the first and only update to be classified as a full like number jump update that is not classified as a new season i mean it's going to be huge and the fact that they've been saying that most of its most of epic's development resources haven't been or have been pushed for this lego collaboration like they like there was all this leaked leaked cosmetics and stuff about a and a, like a mini battle pass all about this big mm. Doctor Who collaboration that they're planning on, that they were planning on doing mm. um, later this year. And then they were like, they actually pushed it back 
because they didn't want it to like coincide with the Lego collaboration because the Lego collaboration is so big. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to accidentally overshadow anything else that you're doing. And yeah, so it's or det- or detract from the Lego collab. And so it's like, I don't know. They've done some pretty major crossover stuff in the past that has like drastically changed the game, but from everything that we've seen, it seems like this Lego one is going to blow them all out of the water and I honestly can't think of a better franchise to like do that with because Lego and Fortnite are both just like so similar in that they're, they're massive they're brands massive too, brands so. that collaborate with basically every other massive brand, you know, like it's yeah. it it really looks like and I imagine we'll also get a Lego side of this where we get a bunch of Lego uh, Fortnite themed Lego sets which Fortnite would be really Lego cool. sets. Oh, that'd be... <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, we don't know a whole ton about it yet, but but I mean, the indications in the files from what little they've added and just other things that we know indicate that probably sometime around December, this season, or not this season, but the season that starts on Friday, so Chapter 4, Season 4, will end about a month early and will have at least a month of just like some massive Lego overhaul collab that'll be big enough to warrant its own version number like its own like season mm-hmm. version number which is going to be really fun and i'm very excited mm-hmm. to see what they do with it but yeah that'll be cool um what was what was the other thing oh yeah <laughs> you forgot no 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 i didn't forget i was just very thinking about fortnite because i'm now i'm thinking about how excited <laughs> i am for the season that starts on friday it looks like it's going to be like a spy or like a heist themed season i'm very excited it's going to be Fortnite's cool. and payday 2 collab <laughs> well i mean honestly Bro, not, you imagine? not impossible but um that's so funny. but okay so the last thing and I'll make this one quick because we're already pretty high on time. Um, I just thought this was interesting. I saw – so they – a group of researchers at Stanford put together a bunch of AIs basically and gave them like a little sprite that they could control and then a few basic controls and like a personality and then set them up oh. inside this little town, right? Oh, no. And interesting. And and know. basically was like, okay, live your lives, you know? And just kind of to see, like, basically it set up, like, a Sims-esque environment, but with all of the characters AI having chat GPT, or, like, GPT 3.5, I think, that they were running off of, and, like, some basic stuff. And then they just kind of let it, let it play, like, gave them some basic instructions on how to operate, and then let it play, and, and didn't, like, interfere with it, just kind of let it play. And, like, they put out, like, a small demo. They wrote a whole research paper about it. But it was really cool because, like, you can watch the demo and it's, like, they, like, they get up in the morning and they make their breakfast and they – some of them go jogging in the morning. Some of them sleep until 10 a.m. Like, it's, like – and then they'll, like, go in. And has it gone wrong? No, not really. Like, they'll oh, the they'll AI go in and they'll themselves. have, like, conversations with each other about, like, local politics and stuff. Like, they, <laughs> they wrote this, like, the big – They're AI. Oh, I know. Well, like, local politics within their little town. Like wow. – So they've got an AI and AI mayor? Yeah, no, like, they have, like, a character who's programmed to be, like, their political leader and then, like, a political rival. And so they'll, like, talk <laughs> about that. And, like, they did, like, this – like, the big thing that they did was that people were kind of like, oh, that's really cool, is when Valentine's Day came along – 
they threw a oh. Valentine's Day party. No. Completely, <laughs> completely on their own, completely unprompted, unprompted, wow. unprompted so, by uh, the. Because have you guys seen the movie Free Guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Basically, it was because it was like the researchers, from what I understand, basically just set them loose and then didn't touch anything, just kind of observed. And these guys, unprompted, organized a Valentine's Day party, invited everyone in the town to it, and then like. Aww. Some people showed up, but like some people who were like their personality was like a little less like social That's or so whatever, funny. or who may have had like an issue with one of the other ones, or I don't know. Like some people didn't show up, but oh, like wow. a lot of people did, you know? Like, and so like it was like, and then it was this full on like Valentine's Day party, and like they were all sitting there chatting. Like, there's a demo you can go and, um, and you can find it online where it's just like, it's like, I think it's just like a few in game days of, of like pre-recorded like mm -hmm. footage of them and you can like go and click and see what each person is doing at any given time and like what conversations they're having with each other and it's like it's a really cool like obviously it's still very early stages of ai so the conversations all feel fairly stilted but but yeah. like it's a cool concept and like they just go around and like live their normal lives and like all according to like how they were programmed like it's it's very similar to like the concept of in, in free guy obviously before guy like gains complete sentience but like that whole concept mm -hmm. of like oh he's got like this basic ai that lets him kind of it, it's very similar to that like yeah and it's it's really cool but the coolest thing is that they basically after the whole research project was done they just took the code and everything that they made for it and they just released it online wow. for everyone to use so well, like with the intention of them yeah. being like we want you guys to go like we want the internet to go and make games of this like go That's like interesting go use this to make cool stuff and so i mean i'm not sky entirely net. sure skynet skynet sky but like because the first thing skynet did was just instantly unleash all the nuclear bombs so <laughs> that's fair maybe let's not root maybe for the skynet. skynet but so like you can go let's on you can that. go online right now and download the whole thing you can do it like you can that's crazy you can have your own little setup you can make your own like obviously it's all no one's like really streamlined it yet so that it's like a super simple process but I'm sure yeah. someone will, but eventually. like eventually, but anyway, it's just cool. Like it's, it's interesting to see what, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to take a look at something like this and then imagine if, you know, the Sims five, whenever that comes out and assuming <laughs> we're on five, I think we're on five, right. You know, could integrate this kind of technology and, and have it, or like they've already kind of started integrating this technology into Skyrim via mods where you can just, go up and talk to characters who will talk back to you with ai you know like it's i don't know it's interesting to see that's cool i'll be interested to see how they integrate this into into future games yes quite curious oh and uh, i just remembered a few things so the remember a few episodes back we talked about the game choir uh halo theme song that is up now yeah they it really yeah it's and up. they're doing a new project they're doing. They're trying to break the world record for the biggest Fus Roda from Skyrim <laughs> on uh, uh, Monday, September fourth, or fourth, 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 at nineteen hundred hours UK time. Where they're going to record the Fus Roda, um, so to create the hashtag world's loudest Fus Roda. So if you're interested, uh, that's where to go. <laughs> huh. 
I really want them to like. <laughs> I really want them to do something where they like redo this project, but where they actually have people meet up. Yes, in, in like in person, yeah, it would be in a major city. Yeah, like in a major know? city, like everyone goes to Times Square. Something probably not Times Square, but like somewhere similar <laughs> yeah. to that. Somewhere in somewhere in Vegas, somewhere in yeah. LA, somewhere in New York, something and like just that. like everyone sings the Halo theme song together. Like that'd be that would so, be that would so be sick. if you had no idea it was happening too, and all of a sudden just this, <laughs> and you're just walking, <laughs> just walking, and you just hear oh, that oh, huge choir. I would join in right? if I was walking by <laughs> in like in a city, and then I just like this massive group of hundreds of people started singing the Halo theme. I'd go right. join them. Like forget whatever appointment I'm headed to. I'm I'm in. Dude, like, honestly, if they announced a big, like, in-person Halo Choir or something like that, or, or Fusordar or anything like that, definitely Halo Choir, though, I'd, I'd go. That'd I'd take off work and go. Like, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so, I believe that's all of our news. Mm-hmm. Ben, it is now turned to speedrun esports news. Speedrun time. All right, speed real quick. League of Legends <laughs> esports. So... Very interesting regular season for the Korean League, where Faker, the you know classic Faker, of course, the, seg- classic the third Faker. coming of Christ, apparently uh, he uh, he hurt his wrist and oh. was unable to play for like half of the season. Oh no! And so for that, his sub was playing for him, and T one looked like a completely different team without Faker. Well, yeah, when you don't have your carry on the team. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like when you take Tom Brady off of a football. Team. <laughs> <laughs> and so, in the regular season, T one went nine and nine, only barely making it into playoffs. They were fifth. Yeah, that was the that's and all only they top to six do. go to playoffs. Will Faker be back for playoffs? He, he did come back. He came back for the last two, two parts of the season. Like if okay, so they, okay, so his sub did his job. He got him to the mm-hmm. playoffs. And since being in playoffs, T one has just swept through every single team they faced. <laughs> the right up, they did their job. Mm-hmm. They got him to the playoffs. So T one uh, went th- went through, beat uh, DK, uh, KT Ralster, and then. Against Gen G, they actually went three and two. So against Gen G, they have been looking really bad. It's just they've got their number. Then, but this time, uh, well, Gen G won unfortunately for them, but oh, uh, they made him go to the five games. And then last night, uh, T actually, I guess this morning because it was like one in the morning when this was happening. T one faced mm-hmm. against uh, KT again. Barely eking by three to two in a five game series. So for the finals, it will be T one versus Gen G, and we'll see if their luck fares any better. Oh, a rematch! Oh, man, for the finals, and then the LPL, the Chinese league, is already finished. But it was very interesting as the uh, team that won before uh, JDG won again. Mm-hmm. It's you know. Not too surprising, but uh, we were able to see as like other teams kind of rose up. For example, LNG was the team that faced him in the final, not uh, golly, what's his name? Um, don't ask us, yeah, don't ask us, mm-hmm. don't ask us. Yeah. Golly, I'm he's totally it, blinking. He's lost we'll call it. him Jimmy for now. Uh, Billy Billy. That so B- Billy Billy faced Jimmy. them in the, in the spring sprint, in the spring split. 
but this time it was actually LNG, and surprisingly, like LNG gave JDG a run for their money. But JDG mm-hmm. still win one, and so they're looking for maybe a grand slam from the JDG roster, where they win spring split, wow. win MSI, win summer split, and if they win worlds this year, then it's the grand slam. Mm-hmm. Be very surprising the to see that because I, I think it might win them all. Mm-hmm. Be the first time in a while someone has been able to do that. But Dang. um. All the LPL teams have already qualified, so we have four LPL teams with uh, Weibo. So the shy, the old uh, twenty was it twenty eighteen Worlds winner, just coming back to Worlds after the first time in forever. Nice. So it'll be interesting to see how well these teams can do. But um, off to the North American League, uh, we actually had a pretty surprising show from NRG. Uh, they were, I think they were sixth seed from the regular season, and they had proceeded to just like beat anyone who was a higher seed than them. And I mean, it'd be like that sometimes. They do. They came up, they didn't make it past C9, so C9's just sitting pretty up in the finals, waiting for the lower bracket finals to finish. But uh, it will be Team Liquid and NRG in the lower bracket finals fighting to see who can make it to face C9 in the finals with mm-hmm. both of those teams being like a very surprising show because uh NRG I think bought Immortals spot I'll have to look real quick oh. actually not Immortals it was uh, I think Counterlogic they bought Counterlogic as Counterlogic spot but oh, okay CLG's um and TL like did horribly in spring split. Like I think they finished huh. last in spring split. But then uh this split like now it's TL and NRG versus to see who can make it to the uh-huh. uh finals and so it's it's a pretty interesting show from these teams that did not fare well at all in spring. So I don't know what exactly changed, but they've really improved. And then lastly in uh, LEC, which is like made such a weird system that is very hard to tell what's going on. But so basically, <laughs> G two won the summer split, mm-hmm. but they still not are yet qualified for Worlds. Right now, we are in the Worlds qualifying, like regional finals. It's like we had they, they we had the finals for the summer split, but now we're having like a regional finals, just basically to decide who goes to Worlds. Mm. And so. Um, right now it is currently Mad facing XL, and then G2 will face BDS, and then Fnatic and SK are waiting in the lower bracket to see who they go up against from the loser of these first two series. Nice. Right. And that is everything currently happening in League of Legends. We League of Legends. All right, I got several games to run through, so we're speed running them. Um, currently ongoing, as of right now, Valorant is having their big champions uh, event in Los in Los Angeles. They're currently in their they've already done all their group stage, so they're currently in playoffs in the upper bracket semis and the lower bracket quarterfinals. I believe those are just taking place this weekend. So, Loud versus PaperX, DRX versus Evil Geniuses is taking place today, and then the losers of those two games will play. Fnatic and Edward Gaming EDG tomorrow. So 
that's ongoing. So I guess maybe we'll talk about that when we get into next season of the podcast. Um, CSGO is having their big IEM in Cologne? Cologne? I don't know. It's in Germany. I don't know how to pronounce that. Cologne. That's fair. Um, they're having, they had, yeah, Cologne, Cologne, sure. They had their big... <laughs> They had one of their big events, um, I think just last week or maybe the week before. Uh, G2 Esports took that with ENCE coming in second and then Vitality and Astralis coming in third and fourth. So I believe G2 now auto-qualifies for the big event in Katowice next year, which is always a big esports event. Everyone always hears about it. Rocket League had their big world championship this past week so rocket league had you know their massive championship that was won by vitality with bds coming in second and then liquid and carmine core coming in third and fourth Uh, i remember reading seeing a bunch about this um rocket league is always fun you know i I always feel like we (laughs) all the other big things it's like oh and by the way rocket league had their championship and it popped (laughs) off with a 2.1 million dollar prize pool by the way (laughs) Yeah, oh, crap. Riley always pops off. Um, and then this was mentioned last episode. So Halo had their championship series invitational in Salt Lake mm-hmm. at the beginning of oh, the yeah. month. It like isn't an it wasn't an S tier event or anything, but it happened in Salt Lake. It was nearby. <laughs> What's really funny is that the team that won that event was the team that was organizing it. So um, I, that's a little that's a little um, weird. But sus. I, I don't remember seeing anything about any like controversy. That's just really funny that the organize the teams hosting and organizing the events, the team that won the thing. But you know, it is what it is. So it was won by Space Station Gaming, which was the company that was hosting it. And Sentinels came in second. Face Clan came in third. Um, all four of the top, all six of the top teams qualified for the fourth Fort Worth major, which I believe will happen later on in the year. But then the big one that I'm always all for is the Overwatch League. The Overwatch League has been on break for the last two weeks because they wanted to give teams a chance to practice with Ilari and with the new game mode because this next coming weekend when matches start back up, Ilari and Flashpoint will be in rotation. So they'll get they'll get their hands on new shiny toys. Um, the only the most eventful things that took place since we last had an episode, the Atlanta Reign, who previously were undefeated, have dropped two matches since then. They lost to the Florida Mayhem, and they lost to my very own Houston Outlaws. Let's L know. plus ratio. My team. L plus ratio. Get wrecked, Atlanta Reign. <laughs> um, and then the Asian Pacific region has been seeded into play-in brackets. So those will be coming up this weekend. At the top, the winner of each bracket will move on to play in Toronto, which is where the grand finals were announced. They'll be in Toronto at the end of September. And there will be five teams from North America, three teams from APAC. I don't know how the third place... I don't know, remember off the top of my head how the third place team from North America... I mean, from Asia makes it into the playoffs because there's only going to be two winners. I think the, I think the, the runners-up of each grand finals bracket will play each other and the winner of that will move on. I don't know for certain. North America, the top three will auto-qualify and then the remaining... Four uh, and the remaining two will be determined via a play-in bracket for between spots four through ten, and that will happen in about three weeks. Currently, the Atlanta Rain, Florida Mayhem, and Houston Outlaws hold those top three spots, and as long as none of those teams drop matches, 
they should be guaranteed to go. So that's exciting. And I have already bought tickets and booked flights. I am going to Toronto at the end of September to watch the grand finals. So I will miss whatever episode is filmed that weekend because I will be watching five days of Overwatch. (laughs) Living the dream. And cheering on my team. Living the dream. I may may be dropping like $1,000 on this trip, but it probably is going to be the last season of the Overwatch League because... Um, you know, the league is falling yeah. apart. Which is really yeah. sad. So, I, we, me and my friends, me and, me and my team, we're like, we are not missing this. I will be, what's that NBA meme? I'll be there no matter what. Yeah, that's that was us <laughs> when they announced the grand finals in Toronto. So, Overwatch League is heating back up this coming week. Um, Ilari has sparked some unhappiness from the players because the devs gave them, like, pre-patch notes about what the nerfs would be for her. And a lot of players got very upset because, like, they had been practicing with, like, this the current version of Alari, and then the devs gave them these nerfs, and they're like, what the heck, Alari isn't going to be as good now, so now it's just going to, like, why were we practicing for two mm-hmm. weeks? But then the, the rumor mill has said that the nerfs have been since toned back, but we don't, there haven't been any leaks mm-hmm. as to what those nerfs will be. So nobody really knows what the pros are going to be playing this coming week. All I know is that there's, it, it is kind of a mess. There are currently like six or seven, there there are seven teams that all sit within like one or two wins oh, of each man. other. Hey. I'm just waiting to go but back to this, the Kiriko. Uh, the Lucio Kiriko meta. meta from last oh. year's playoffs. No, the, currently the meta that seems to be forming is Alari with Baptiste, with Orisa, and then like Sojourn, Hanzo, Sojourn, you know, some kind of hit. I feel like Sojourn is always poke. going to be meta. Um, Sojourn hasn't really been played a ton this. I mean, she's been viable, but she hmm. people have been preferring Hanzo over her because Hanzo has more shield break damage. It just kind of depends on your playstyle. But it, currently, the the playstyle that seems the most prevalent is just poke comps you just kind of like sitting and looking at each other with bastions and sojourns and uh, bastions <laughs> nerf bastion, bastion got a pretty good bastion got a buff in season six so he's a little better oh, so overwatch continues um and then that's 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 what that is um yeah esports let's go esports it's in the game what's up court you said bastion got buffs a little bit. Like, how so? <laughs> I love me some Bastion. Oh, Court's going to make me look up the freaking patch notes. Oh, I don't know if I need that in depth. I just... So, I know his... So, like, his... the One of the biggest things he got was his grenade. Like, you know, the grenade yeah. he's got? Uh, it got buffed. Here it is. So, like, his grenade got buffed. So, it's, it's, it's like, damage fall-off was reduced... Its detonation time is now faster. There's less recoil on it. It's now the projectile itself is bigger and it has bigger impact damage. He also reloads faster in like his upright mode. And when he transforms into the tank, like his Gatling gun, he gain he repairs fifty health. Ooh. And then when he pops his like artillery strike, it now moves faster when you're targeting. <laughs> so like he's just kind of like across the board a better. So he's being played and like allegedly being played in that poke comp. With Arisa, huh. yeah. So that that is pretty much all for us for this final episode of the summer. Um, I would we haven't quite figured out when we're going to start up season f- 
three, but it'll be sometime within the first couple weeks of September. Yep. So look out for that. There will be no announcement because there just won't be. You just got to look for mm-hmm. us. We'll be back. Visual. If you really we'll cared, you would search for us. Yeah. If yeah. You cared, you'd be looking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Put them down. Yeah. Totally non-toxic so viewership. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Scott can take it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> okay. All right. I think anything else before court takes us out? Uh, let's see. I didn't Good realize I was everybody. taking you guys um, out. <laughs> start with Ben. He's closest. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh. What was that one thing we talked about a while back about hiring mercenaries? Um. <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> personnel, kid. Yeah. All right. If that's all, Court. All right. Take it away. Well. Happy summer, everyone. Hope you had a great, great time listening to our scuffed broadcasts and we look forward to seeing you guys in next season Knights of the Deep Hat is a publication <laughs> of the Daily Universe <laughs> we'd like to give a special thanks to Alan Neves, Miles Romney and Melissa Gibbs for everything they did and do to help support us and to continue this podcast continue to do this podcast also if you'd like to reach out to us with feedback ideas for topics or just to insult Ben, you can shoot us an email <laughs> at Knights of the Deep Pad Podcast at gmail.com. With that, let's sign off. My name is Court. I'm Aiden. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ben. And we are the Knights of the Deep Pad. See you next time. Disclaimer. Don't don't actually send insults to Ben. He's lovely. We we like him. Don't do it. We like Ben. Ben's good. We like Ben. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>